This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hi there, Dr. Jen Lincoln here. I can't come to the phone right now, but we'll likely have an opening later on. Please leave me a message and I'll be at your cervix. I mean, <laughs> service in no time. everyone. Welcome to the Let's Talk About Down There podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Lincoln, board certified OBGYN. And this week, we're talking all things cleansing down there. Let's have a listen to our question. Hi, this is Kayla. I have a question about the use of a fragrance-free cleansing cloth. So I'm not going to name the brand, but um, I've been using these cloths that say on the packaging gynecologist tested with odor reducing ingredients the benefits five in one fragrance free removes odor causing bacteria ph balance free from dyes and parabens gently cleanses and freshens these cloths are said to take away the less than fresh feeling down there and i was just wondering if these are actually safe to be using or not. So if you could help me understand this and figure out if I still want to be using these or not, I would love to know. Thank you. Kayla, thank you so much for this call. And these are questions I get all the time about, is this product good? Is this product bad for me? Is it safe? Um, And I think that I could talk about this all day long and it would never get old. And we have to because there's lots of products out there. And I love that you you were trying to be very PC and you said, you know what, I'm not going to use the name, but I think I know exactly what it is because I looked up kind of the, the catchphrases that we see there and I'm almost certain what it is. But I'm not going to say that at this moment because that's not really the point. So what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about vaginal and vulvar care, What's recommended? What's not? The feminine hygiene industry. Yep, you're gonna you're gonna want to buckle up for that one. And then we're gonna break down each of these products' claims. So first, some anatomy. So let's make sure we're using the right words here when we're talking about how to clean down there. So there's the outside and the inside. The outside is the vulva, and this includes the labia minora or the inner lips, the labia majora or the outer lips. These are the ones that have hair. And this is the area that when we're talking about cleaning, I'm talking about this area. I want to make it very clear. The inside part is what's actually the vagina. And you do not need to do anything to your vagina. Less is more. When you put stuff in there, unless you are directed by a healthcare provider, you can be causing way more problems than solutions. And so the first thing I always talk about when people have asked me and said, hey, I've been using this and I'm having problems, or how do I do this? The first thing you want to clarify is say, okay, how are you using this soap or this cleanser or this product? Because it can be confusing. People can think, I thought I was supposed to put that on a washcloth and put it on the inside, or I thought I really needed to scrub inside because it has the word vagina in it and the vagina is the inside. I don't know. Your vagina is a self-cleaning oven. You will hear so many OBGYNs say this, and I'm going to be honest, I've never used a self-cleaner in an oven. And so... I don't, this term is weird. I get it. I'm not, it's weird, but it's what we say. And the point of it is to mean that you don't need to do anything, meaning that the vagina, it cleans itself. It doesn't need you to do anything to it. And in general, when we're talking about the outside, less is more. So overall, 
you actually don't need to do anything to clean your vulva. Now, some people would say that's ridiculous. I exercise or that's just gross. I obviously I have to do something. I hear you. Like I totally hear you, but I want you to know that if you never use anything and you just use water, you know, a washcloth with water, or you let the water run over your body in the shower and you have no issues, that's actually just fine. Because obviously as you're cleaning the rest of your body, you're going to have soap and those sorts of things run down there. So it's not like it's never going to get any sort of cleansing product on it, but I can also understand if you're like, that's just not enough. And so if you're going to use a cleanser or something to clean the vulva, you want something gentle. And it doesn't mean just because it has the word gentle or sensitive in it that it is necessarily good for your vulva. The average pH of the vulva is about 4.5. This is not a science class. We will not be talking about pH and what that means. The reason I'm sharing that is that the idea is to use a product that has a similar pH because if it's too far off, it can strip the protective barrier the good stuff that's on the outside of the vulva and can make the sensitive vulvar skin really unhappy. It can cause inflammation. It can eventually lead to an overgrowth of bad bacteria because the good bacteria no longer are able to grow and to thrive there. And so it's good to know if you're looking for a product and you're not quite sure, you might want to start and look at the pH. And what's really cool is if you don't know, you can email the companies and a lot of times they get back to you. When I was writing my book, Let's Talk About Down There, which yes, you can buy it from any bookstore and yes, I'll put the link in the show notes. But when I was looking it up, I was looking to answer this exact question. And one of my favorite soaps is from Trader Joe's. It's like an oatmeal soap or something like that. And I thought, hmm, I wonder if this would be good for the vulvar area. Let me figure out the pH. And I emailed them and they emailed it back and it actually wasn't close at all. I actually use that soap. I have no issues with it. But if I was recommending it to somebody who had very sensitive skin, this wouldn't be my first choice. Anywho, so... You don't need to do anything. You can use water. If you're going to pick something to clean the vulva or the quote unquote down there, it's best to start with cleansers. And these are your different from an actual soap. And the reason is, is because cleansers tend to be less drying than actual soaps. And so cleansers that I recommend, some good brands are Ivana Cream. There's a free and clear cleanser. That's really great. You can use it anywhere on the body, including on the vulva. Other options are those made by Eucerin, Cetaphil, CeraVe. You can use Dr. Bronner's, but you want to use the unscented baby soap. These are just a few brands. And to make sure you're getting the right one, you want it to be fragrance-free. Even when it says fragrance-free, spin that bottle around, look at the back and make sure there is no fragrance because I've seen some that sometimes sneak some fragrance in or the, the label isn't clear. And so I think it's really important. You may have noticed, I don't endorse one of these cleansers more than the other. These are just products that are very gentle, are products that are not just for the vulva. You can use them anywhere. You can use them to wash your face, your body. And so I like that because you don't need something special for the vulva. Now, that's not what the feminine hygiene industry wants you to think, and we'll get to that. But the point is, is that you can use this to wash your face and wash your body. Now, if you want to buy a soap or use a soap, you can use, there's a Dove Sensitive, you can use unscented soaps, but just realize that they can be a little bit drying. And when you do cleanse the vulva, you want to be gentle. So you don't want to go down there and scrub, 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 which you may feel like you have to, especially after a workout or after your period, or maybe you think that all the time because you've been made to think that the vagina is not supposed to smell like a vagina or that somehow your natural scent is not okay. Maybe a partner made you feel bad about it before. Just be gentle. Try to stay on the outside, so on the labia majora, because the labia minora is made of a different kind of skin, and so it can be a little more sensitive, but so there's no need to like get all in there and get all, just be gentle, just be gentle. 
So that's like actually what we recommend. It's like actually very simple and straightforward. But let's talk about the feminine hygiene industry. And can we have a moment for the fact that there's no male hygiene industry? And you know what I'm talking about. When you go into that grocery store and you look up and you see the signs, it tells you what's in the aisle, you know, the pasta aisle, the bakery aisle, and then you've got the feminine hygiene aisle, or it's called the intimate care aisle, but it's usually feminine hygiene because still in the year of our Lord, 2023, we still have to have like this, you know, male, female, feminine, male, whatever. Like it's just, where's the male hygiene aisle? And there is not one. And why is that, right? Feels a little, hmm, feels a little targeted. So when you walk down the feminine hygiene aisle, what you see are things that, you know, you think you see period products, you see pads, you see tampons. Oftentimes they throw in incontinence products as well, which is like, okay, whatever. And then oftentimes there's condoms and there's lube, and then there's all the feminine hygiene. So you've got all the cleansers and the wipes and the douches and the soaps and all the things. And they're made by all the companies like Summer's Eve and Vagisil and Massengill and Honeypot and OMV and all of these things. And it drives me bananas because you've got 8 million things to care for your vulva and not a damn thing for a guy and his scrotum or his balls, right? Now it is true. I have seen like one or two products for guys about cleansing their scrotum, but it is in no way, shape or form as ubiquitous as what you see for our down there. So let's talk about what the feminine hygiene industry includes. And I'm using that term because that's the term that they use, but this might blow your mind. It might blow some people's mind, but you don't have to identify as female to need a tampon. And so just even the, the name of this aisle and, and what it's called, it's a bit old fashioned to me. So feminine hygiene industry or the market, this includes tampons, pads, menstrual cups, and vaginal health products. And this is what you see when you look it up, even though the vast majority of these are not to be placed in the vagina and it's actually for the vulva. And these products that I've just mentioned make up a really big part of the personal hygiene market worldwide. These statistics, they're going to drive you mad. So the global value of the feminine hygiene market was $52 billion in 2023. 52 billion. And yes, that includes a lot of these products that I'm sharing here today. The United States is the second largest market for feminine hygiene products behind China. And the number one, I think it kind of makes sense. The number one product in this category, I think it kind of makes sense, are pads and liners, followed by tampons and vaginal treatments. And what they're including in vaginal treatments includes washes and wipes and douches and creams and lotions and sprays and deodorants and None of these should be going in your vagina. Yes, sometimes you do need vaginal treatments, such as if you've got an infection like yeast or bacterial vaginosis. The rest of the times, nothing should be going in there. So the fact that they are even using this language of vaginal treatments when it's really for the vulva, very confusing. And it's why a lot of people do put these things inside, end up with a problem, then come in and go, oh my gosh, what's going on? So why do we think we need all this? Why do we think that we're supposed to smell and taste like pineapple and pina colada and morning thunder and sunset? Do I don't even know what those are. It's actually really simple. It's based in purity culture. And if you haven't heard me say this before across all of my social platforms, purity culture boils down to this. It's this idea that we as women and those assigned female at birth, we are only valuable to society when we are pure and we are clean. And this translates over to her vulvar situation and our and what we think our vulvas should look like because they should be clean and they should be prepubertal, right? That's why you, oftentimes you see a lot of things talking about how to remove your hair. 
there's a lot of inherent racism, right? Your vulva should be light and it should be white. And if it's dark, that's weird. There's all these lightning creams for it, even though it's absolutely normal for the lips of your labia to be a bit darker than the surrounding skin. It's related to hormones. It's totally normal. But we are taught that we are only desirable when we don't smell and don't taste. And obviously we never talk about our periods and everything is just cute as a button, right? That's some BS because then that makes us think that we need all of these products. We need a douche internally so that our vaginal discharge doesn't taste like vaginal discharge to our partner. And then we need to use a wash and a wipe on the outside because as we go about our day, heaven forbid, we actually have a, a scent of the vagina that, that maybe you notice after you work out. And then you might want to throw a deodorant down there too. And how about a little spray to freshen up? And before you know it, you've spent all this money on these junk products and you feel like junk yourself and also your vulva is like, could you please stop? I'm so red and itchy and irritated. And then you go and you treat yourself for an infection that you don't actually have. It's that you've got a skin condition now because of all the stuff you've used. And by the time you show up to your healthcare provider's office, you're miserable and you're broke and everything's miserable. So let's take a moment now and pause for this week's class is in session where we talk about the things that you probably never got in your health class in high school. And this week's is all about the history of Lysol douches as a form of feminine hygiene. Yes, that's right. I literally just said Lysol. The stuff that we like couldn't get enough of during the COVID pandemic when we were cleaning everything religiously. Um, trust me, I'm fine with that. Yeah, people used to be putting this in their vagina. They used to use it as a douche. And the first time I learned this, I thought this has to be a joke. This has to be like an Onion article or like something not real. And no, my friends, it is legitimately real. So douching, for those of you who don't know, douching is a product that you can put like in a little squirt bottle and you squirt into the vagina. And the idea is that whatever you're squirting in there helps to cleanse the vagina, clean it out. You know, I've heard of people using douches of just water or of apple cider vinegar or these scented products that they can get from Summer's Eve and other trash companies that will make these things. So in the early 1900s, douching was a thing and the number one brand was Lysol. Like, the the cleanser, the cleaner that you and I know today. So by 1911, this is from a Mother Jones article that I'll put in my show notes. By 1911, doctors had recorded 193 Lysol poisonings and five deaths from uterine irrigation. So putting in the vagina or, or using in the uterus. And so back in the old days before we had birth control, people were actually using Lysol douches, not just to like make themselves smell all nice and whatnot down there, but as a form of contraception, as a form of birth control. And it doesn't work. It doesn't even work as birth control, number one. And number two, it's a very caustic substance. And can you imagine putting this in your vagina and the burns that you could get and the infections you could get from that? And that's why some people literally died from this. I just wanna like visually describe to you what their ads were like. And you can go to the Mother Jones article that I'll have in my show notes. Um, but there's this one newspaper ad and it's got this woman and she's like stuck in a spider's web. And the husband is in the corner reading a paper looking really disinterested and upset. And it, it said, held in a web of indifference. And it says, day after a groundbreaking day, I was held by an unwielding web. A web <laughs> spun by my husband's indifference. I couldn't reach him anymore. Was the fault mine? 
Well, thinking you know about feminine hygiene, yet trusting to now and then care can make all the difference in married happiness, as my doctor pointed out. He said never to run such careless risks, prescribed Lysol brand disinfectant for douching, always. And then underneath it, it shows she's broken through the web. She's sitting on the lap of her adoring husband. And it says, but I broke through it. Many doctors recommend Lysol for feminine hygiene for six reasons. And they go through the different reasons of why it's good. There's another ad just below it and it shows this woman and she's looking very pensive and upset. And the words around her say inhibitions, ignorance, doubt, misgivings. And the caption underneath, do inhibitions or doubts threaten married love? One small intimate physical neglect can rob a wife of her husband's love. I mean, seriously, legitimately, this is what these ads said. There's another image of a woman like, trying to get into a door that's locked and it says, please, Dave, don't let me be locked out from you. It's, it's just crazy. And then it says, and then the caption, use whenever needed. Yet gentle, mm -hmm. non-caustic Lysol will not harm delicate tissue. Simple directions give correct douching solution. Many doctors advise their patients to douche regularly with Lysol brand disinfectant just to ensure feminine daintiness alone and to use it as often as necessary. Now, it is true that these ads are really basically euphemisms for, you know, when you have sex, you can use this so you don't get pregnant. We know that's not correct. We also know that there's plenty of women who are reading this and probably interpreted this as it truly being just for feminine hygiene alone and not just for using it as a form of birth control. So. This was in the early 1900s, my friends, and the douching culture has still stayed with us today, where people still think that they need to do it. Now, it is true, you do need to douche in one scenario, and these are in trans women who have had a neo-vagina created, so a surgically created vagina. Their surgeons will give them instructions often on douching because it's important with healing and to flush out the bacteria, but it's because the vagina is a neo-vagina. It's not what we call a native vagina, which, like I said, is a self-cleaning oven and doesn't need any sort of these extracurriculars, especially not Lysol. Class dismissed. So what have we learned about feminine hygiene is that shame sells and it makes these companies billions. And it may sound like some of these companies are really, you know, old and they're your mother's companies like Vagisil, like Summer's Eve, but they are rebranding. They've got new logos, new colors, new marketing. They know exactly what they're doing. They're trying to reach younger and younger people to make more and more money. And they're using terms like natural and you know, organic and these things that we think, oh gosh, they must be better. And they're the same garbage products they've been for a long time. So let's break down the claims of this specific product. So number one, it's a cleansing cloth. I, you know, I'm not against the idea that you might want to have a cloth on hand to cleanse or to wipe with throughout the day. This is more stuff that we are putting into the landfills, but okay, whatever, number one. The second thing it says is that it's fragrance-free. That's a good thing. Really do check that label and make sure because some of these products you might think sensitive means fragrance-free and actually a sensitive product can absolutely have a fragrance in. So you do want to check that too. So, okay. This product also claims that it is gynecologist tested. That is a useless statement. I don't care if something was gynecologic tested, approved by a gynecologist. I don't care. Four out of five GYNs think it's a good thing. The bottom line is that these are useless claims that mean absolutely nothing. It just means that they found a doctor who they could pay to say, I like this product. Like I could do that tomorrow. And I have been asked by many products if I would 
do this sort of partnership. And I never, ever do unless it's something I actually think is great. But it doesn't matter because it could have been a really stupid gynecologist who just needed a paycheck. So that's a useless claim. This product then goes on to claim that it has odor reducing ingredients and it is pH balanced. I want to know what? So it's soap and like odor reducing ingredients. So like what exactly? And yes, you can read the ingredients, but like whatever, like that's just what a basic cleanser is. So like, what do you have that is specific to this product that is so amazingly magical? This product also claims that it is free of parabens. Parabens have been known to be potential endocrine disruptors. Although I have also seen literature from other people like dermatologists who have said that these products that we are exposed to on our skin are not enough to cause the kinds of cancers that we're worried about. You know, I am here to say that I'm not a dermatologist and I can understand your concern if you want to avoid parabens in your products, that's fine. But again, there's lots of other good cleansers and things out there that also do not have parabens that are not this product. The last two statements it makes on this product are the ones that really, really anger me. It says that it gently cleanses and freshens. And I just hate that term, not cleansing, because that's something we use for our whole body. But is there really any other part of our body where we use the word fresh so many times? And this goes back to the purity culture idea. The opposite of fresh is like dirty and old and gross, right? It is a word that not only has the term of being clean, but it has like a value in it, right? When something's not fresh, it's useless. It's past its prime. And in the feminine hygiene world, I just have a particular sensitivity to that because I see what these sorts of terms and language do to my patients. And then they hit it home one more time. They say it's for that less than fresh feeling down there. This is not involving a picture of a cobweb, but this goes right back to the ads of the 1960s with those Lysol douching. And it's been a long time. And yet we're still having those same messages given to women and people with a vagina that you have to be fresh and clean and cute in order for your husband to pay attention to you, in order for you to be worthy. And you know what? I'm going to crack the code. This product is Summer's Eve. It's a cleansing cloth. And I can't stand them, not just for the individual reasons that I ran down through the list of their ingredients, but because they are legitimately a business that makes billions off of shame. So I want to make it very clear that I did give you a list of cleansers and soaps that I do think could be good for cleaning the vulvar area. All of those were regular products. None of them were specific to the feminine hygiene industry. And I did that on purpose because when you give money to a specific vulvar cleanser or a product by Summer's Eve, you are giving money to the exact industry that keeps us down and your purchasing power is powerful. So spend your money where it should go. And so, no, I do not want you to use this product, even if it was the most perfect product in the world, solely because it is made by a company that is meant to manipulate and that profits off of you feeling bad about yourself. And just one extra thing that I can't stand about their product is they talk about using it on the external vaginal area. Well, my friends, I don't know what an external vagina is unless we're talking about the vulva, in which case, call it a vulva. So I have heard companies that make these sorts of products before they use that term because they say, well, the general public doesn't know what a vulva is. How about this? Here's a crazy idea. How about you teach them that word instead of sowing more confusion by using weird ass terms like external vaginal area? That would be nice. So my caller asked, are they safe? They might be. These cloths, you know, a large number of people may use them and they're just fine. But they also could make things worse. So it's hard to say. And sometimes these products, whether it's the regular soaps or the cleansers, like I mentioned, or something specific for the feminine hygiene area that's made by that, you know, these stupid companies, anybody can develop a sensitivity at any time. So 
instead of paying for these, you could just use water. You could also normalize what smells are expected because vaginas are supposed to smell like vaginas. Vulvas are supposed to smell like vulvas. And if odor is an issue, think about what could be going on. Is it an infection? If that's the case, then none of this stuff is going to help. If you notice that there is, you know, an odor at some point, you know, maybe it's when you're exercising or in the summer, then you can think about ways to address that. So maybe it's making sure that you're wearing the right kind of underwear. In general, underwear that breathes is better. So we know that underwear that uses synthetic fabrics can really trap moisture and doesn't breathe and can actually make you more predisposed to skin irritations and can become a little breeding ground for bacteria, which can get up into the vagina and cause infections. If you're using liners that can do the same thing in trapping that moisture and causing all the stuff I just talked about. And lastly, you want to address what are you cleaning with? Because the cleaning product that you're using could actually be causing irritation and discharge. So if you're using a product with fragrance or even a, a soap that may have a different pH or something that has weird things in it, like sparkles or I don't know what else, it can cause more issues and can then, you know, cause bad bacteria to take over. And then you can have discharge that might have a bit of an odor. And really, I want you to break the mindset of what a vagina should smell like. This is challenging in our world when we hear and see messages all the time that shame us, or worse yet, if we have partners who have said this to us. And if you find that you're struggling with this and the acceptance of your body and you need some help, don't hesitate to reach out to your healthcare provider or somebody you can talk to, like a therapist or somebody who can really help you see the beautiful body that you have so you can love yourself for who you are. But speaking of messages that shame us, it's time for this week's Clitterly segment where I literally and clitterally call out the things that make me just want to go, are you kidding me? And this week's Clitterly segment, we are highlighting Lumi deodorant. I've had a problem with the maker of this product and this product itself for a long time. And this is the main reason why. Their ads are steeped in shame. And Honestly, the other main reason is because the founder of this product is an OBGYN and she knows better. So let's have a listen to this ad. No one likes odor below the belt. Whether you're at the gym playing a pickup game of sweaty balls, at the office inhaling your own front fumes, or in bed doing some stinky wanky. No, not the Teletubby. Your privates go everywhere you go. So why isn't there deodorant for privates? Now there is with Lumi, the only natural deodorant you can safely use on your private parts. So if your junk smells so awful, you're bad at hide and seek, click the link below to try Lumi today. Okay, so you can't see this ad, but as this woman was doing this ridiculous commercial, when she was talking about things like a stinky butt, they were in yoga and somebody was bent over and they were like green fumes emanating. And then she was talking about the, a person, a woman in an office wearing a skirt, sitting down, talking about front fumes and again, green odors emanating. Do you see all the word choices that were used? Now you might say, Dr. Jen, stop being so uptight. This is just a funny commercial. And you know what? It would be funny if it was about maybe armpits or things that are gender neutral, like a butt. But the fact that this doctor who has made this product has okayed these ads, and she had an even worse one a couple of years ago where there was like a whole song and dance. And she used the terminology um, like for your stink of your private parts or the stench that you have down there. It is so shameful. There are enough of us walking through this world feeling self-conscious about our bodies and then to see this capitalized on by a physician who cares for women and people with a vagina who already feel this way and now she wants to make money to make a product. 
I'm not okay with that. So here's, so number one, shame. Mm -mm, You do not need Lumi because please do not give money to people who capitalize on shame. Number two, I'm going to tell you a secret. I've actually used this product as a deodorant, like armpit deodorant before. This was back before I learned of all the other ridiculous marketing. And I actually thought it worked really good. And then about six months in, I had a really bad skin reaction to it and I had to stop. That is not why I don't like this product because we can get reactions all the times to anything. So that's my secret. And I feel like a very informed person telling you about this product. The other thing that really bothers me about it is that she makes products with fragrances in it. If she marketed this product and said, you can use this anywhere. You can use it, you know, in the, in the thigh area and the external vulva, if you have concerns with odors but you should only be using the fragrance-free version and not the one with fragrance, that would make it better. She knows this. She knows that fragrances belong nowhere near the vulva. She knows that shame belongs nowhere near the vulva. And yet she's doing it and she's making a lot of money off of it. And so Lume deodorant, we are not friends. And I know that you don't like me. And I just will not stop talking about how terrible your product is. I don't care how many five-star reviews they have, and they do have a lot, Why not change your marketing and why not make some very simple changes so that you can have a more positive influence on the people out there today who are feeling very self-conscious when they do sit in the office and wear a skirt or they do do yoga or they are having sex in bed. You know better. Shame on you. Literally, literally, I cannot. Okay, so in summary today, these cleansing cloths are unnecessary. I know that they're Summer's Eve, even though you didn't want to tell me that. But even if I didn't know the brand, I would have said, here's my concerns even more so when I know it's a product by Summer's Eve, by Vagisil, by any company that capitalizes on the feminine hygiene industry, the billion dollar industry that it is, I want you to skip it. And when you buy these products, you support the feminine hygiene industry. If you've bought these before and you're going, oh my goodness, I had no idea. No big deal. When we know better, we do better. And you know what? You might hear this and say, I don't care, Dr. Jan, I'm still going to buy these and use these. Whatever you do, you now you're making an informed choice, but these are the things they don't want you to know. And they know that they get money from us and they win when we feel less than unless we buy their products. And today, I hope that no longer you feel less than, you're informed. And the next time you see that aisle, you can do what I do. As you walk down it and sometimes you turn some of the products backwards because you can't stand seeing them advertised as they are. You didn't hear that from me. So we covered a lot. I hope that you know that vaginas are supposed to smell like vaginas. You're awesome how you are. And if you have any questions or concerns, go ahead and reach out to your healthcare provider. But if you have other questions related to this or anything else about down there, let me know. Let's get talking. Okay, it's that time where I ask you to rate, review, and follow on your favorite podcast app because we know that's how we get more people talking. So call in at 503-893-2016 and join me online at Dr. Jennifer Lincoln. So let's keep the conversation going, my friends. Call in, leave a question, and know that it's okay to have questions about your body and we're gonna answer them.